This is the Working Class Audio Podcast, Session 215. Working Class Audio, navigating the world of recording with a working class perspective. Here's your host, Matt Boudreaux. Thanks, Jack. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Working Class Audio Podcast. This is Session 215 you're listening to. My guests today are many guests because it's kind of a Nam smorgasbord, I guess you'll 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 say after you listen to it. That's what I'm saying now. Anyhow, I've got uh, Vance Powell making an appearance. I've got Alex Awana making an appearance, and I've got Chris Salim and Lid Shaw making an appearance. So yeah, many appearances, very uh, interesting interviews, kind of out of the norm. Because it was Nam. Yeah. I'm back. It's Monday. I'm actually creating the show right now. I'm going to create it. I'm going to put it out. You're going to hear it day of. So yeah, I've already got, of course, the interviews ready to go. I just need to pop them into Pro Tools and edit them. And yeah, that's what we need to do. So Nam 2019 here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. Holy moly. Yeah. Let's get some coffee. Mm. Well, it's good to be home. It's good to be back at my coffee maker. But uh, man, what a great time. Nam saw so many great people um, sitting here on uh, on my computer, just looking back at uh, some of the pictures that people took and some of the pictures that I posted, of course. And, you know, got to see a lot of uh, WCA alum, JJ Blair, Matt Wallace, Brad Wood. Uh, Vance Powell, of course, Andrew Sheps, Chad Blake. Um, got to see all of my uh, blogging and educational and podcasting. I don't know. All the all my friends that do, uh, like uh, Brian and Chris from Six Figure Home Studio, Bjorg Benedictson, of course, from uh, Audio Issues, Chris Salim from Mixed Down Online, Lid Shaw from Recording Studio Rockstars, Graham Cochran from Recording Revolution, Got to hang out with all those guys. <clears throat> Ran into Warren Hewitt. Warren Hewitt won a tech award. Want to congrat Warren for uh, educational, uh, the educational category, I believe that was. That was kind of cool to see that. Uh, who else did I see? Uh, I got photobombed by Chad Blake's son. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, what else happened? Uh, a lot of dinners, a lot of coffee, a few whiskey sours, just a few. Um, Whiskey, yeah. I tell you what, seeing all uh, uh, my Nashville friends, you know, uh, Reed Shippen, Pete Lyman, Vance Powell, you see those guys, the whiskey's going to come out. Yeah. So it was great to great to do that. Saw some uh, great gear, hung out over at uh, Rupert Neve Designs, hung out at uh, PMC Monitors. I didn't hang out there, but I did see uh, the Flock audio thing which is really cool. A lot of people talking about that. It's very exciting. Some people complain about NAM, and I realize that maybe it's, it depends on your experience, really. If you hang out, and I, I know I'm going to get some shit for this, but if you hang out by the musical instruments, it is, I'll be honest with you, it's a little bit like Las Vegas. And it's noisy. It's uh, the sound of drums and uh, horns and guitars all playing at once not even in harmony is like 
a bunch of slot machines in Vegas all playing out of tune with one another. At least when you go to Vegas, all those slot machines, like, there's a common tonality there. But man, uh, you go over to the musical instruments and it is absolutely chaos. There's so many people. And when you go over to Pro Audio, it is just, it's like another universe. It's so much more quiet. Uh, still a lot of people, just not as many people and not like Las Vegas. I know. Many of you are going to say, oh, that's so anti-musician. But, you know, truthfully, it's just the way it is. That's how it is. So if uh, you hear people complain about Nam, it may be because they're spending time over in Las Vegas land. Yeah. Pro Audio, though, to me is is great. It's, um, it, you know, just a much more peaceful experience. So and maybe it's because I know a lot of the, the manufacturers and, and they have chairs and you can go and have a have a sit down for a bit and take a load off. So my experience was was great. You know, I get a media badge, so I get access to the media center centers. And that means that basically I have a little quiet space to go to and see other media people and do interviews, drink coffee. Uh, there's plenty of coffee and plenty of water. I mean, really, what else do you need? Coffee and water, right? So that's good. Did that. Went out to dinner with, like I say, all my podcasting, blogging, YouTubing, educational friends pretty regularly. Uh, Chris Salem and Lidge Shaw and I roomed together at an Airbnb. Chris and Lidge went out to an Aston Microphones party uh, at Buca de Bapa. Yeah, they, they, those guys hold this crazy party. And uh, Bjorgvin from uh, Audio Issues is, is friends with those guys. So they went to that. I went last year. I just couldn't handle it this year. I just wasn't going to do that. But Chris and Lidge went with Bjorgvin, and when they got back to the Airbnb, I was back early ambushing them with microphones. I had a whole setup ready to go, and you're, you're going to hear that. They come back. We've all had a few drinks. It's a, it's a little chaotic. <laughs> it's, it's definitely out of the norm for the regular Working Class Audio podcast. So excuse the looseness, excuse the, you know, the kind of drunkenness of it, but that's just kind of what it is. But it was a good time. And then, uh, like I mentioned, Alex Awana. Alex, uh, Alex used to do, uh, I think, product... I, I may get his title wrong. I'm totally going to blow this. Alex Awana, I've known since... I think we met at Tape Op Con, Potluck Audio Con, years ago. Anyhow, he's worked for Slate. I think he helped roll out the Raven. He's worked for Vintage King. And now Alex has a new thing called Audio Test Kitchen. I'm not going to tell you about it now. You're going to hear about it in the interview. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to Alex. And Vance, you know, I love Vance. He's just, he's an old buddy. And um, he's just so willing to sit down with me and tell me everything what he's doing. So we had to have a sit down. Uh, you may have seen a post I made. Uh, Larry Crane from Tape Ops stopped in to say hello. And right before our interview started, it was great. You know, it's... I realized, and I was uh, sending a, a message to a friend on Facebook over this, really because I'm such a social person that, you know, uh, Potluck Audio Con and Tape Op Conference, when those things happened, those, those were really my audio music social outlets. And those that doesn't happen anymore. So Nam and... To a lesser degree, I actually haven't been to AES in a while. So I'll just say NAM. Winter NAM, summer NAM, those are my time to go see my people, you know? Uh, our tribe, right? Our tribe of audio friends. 
and uh, if you come, maybe that's your experience as well. So it's a it's a great time. So you know, happy to be back. But uh, what a great time! What a great time! I'm just looking back at these pictures. I'm actually I know I'm recording this and I'm staring at Facebook and I'm looking through the feed here and seeing people's pictures and what a great time. Most of you already know about Grace Design and have known about them for years. Uh, they've been around since 1994. It was started by the two brothers, Michael and Eben Grace, who still run the company to this day. And you already know that they make incredible sounding products for us all. What you might not know if you don't know them is that Michael and Eben are two of the nicest people on the planet. Easily approachable, very knowledgeable. You might have met them at a trade show and experienced this. Without a doubt, it's one of my favorite companies out there in the world of pro audio. You might have heard me a few times talking about the Grace 908 Atmos controller. I think the most elegant solution, if you're going to be doing Atmos, that is the best solution out there, as far as I'm concerned, hands down. And prior to that, I was using the Stereo 905 controller for many years. Not only that, but most recently, I have used their 108 mic pre's to do the Room 219 combo jazz record that you might have heard me talk about. The point is, is that they check all the boxes for me. They're incredibly nice people. They make incredibly great products. They're located here in the United States in Lyons, Colorado, and employ a number of people. They're the epitome of a small business here in the U.S., and I just love that whole thing. So if you are in the market for mic preamps or instrument preamps or monitor controllers, this is the company to check out hands down. If you don't know about them, go to gracedesign.com, check them out. And if you're in the market for any of those products, you absolutely have to consider what they offer because what they offer is superior build quality and sound quality. And those of you who bought their products in the 90s that are still using them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So check them out, gracedesign.com. I know the business of audio is a frustrating one sometimes. The audio part's pretty, pretty fun, but it's the business of it and the career part of it that's a little challenging to many of us. I can completely empathize with that. And if you thought to yourself, God, I wish I could talk to somebody about this, you can do that. You could talk with me about it. As a matter of fact, you can book me for a coaching and consulting call over Zoom very simply. Just head on over to workingclassaudio.com. If you click on the menu button at the top of the menu, there is a link that says coaching and consulting with Matt. Super simple. Click on the link, book me in for an hour on a Zoom call, and we will discuss your particular situation, and I will help you get refocused, re-inspired, and figure out what is the best path forward for you. If your situation requires a little more extensive conversation, we can absolutely book a series of calls and, like I say, get you focused and get you moving forward. I've been there, and when you don't have anybody to talk to about it, it's a little frustrating. So head on over to workingclassaudio.com, click on the menu button, and book yourself in for a Zoom call with me. And we can sit down and chat, coffees in hand, ready to tackle the business of audio together. Well... As you can tell, I'm a little tired, so uh, I'll stop talking. Let's just jump into the interviews here, and uh, let's start with uh, talking to Vance Powell. You know, what better way to start, start a podcast interview series than talking with Vance Powell? So here it is, Vance Powell, here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. How you doing? Good. How are we doing? Are we doing it? Yeah, we're doing it. My voice is a little weird today. I know. Mine's probably I just took a fisherman's friend. Oh, right? yeah. And it was really awesome, and it makes my coffee really bad. 
Although my coffee's really good now because it's kind of worn off. Because it washed away. But my uh, my voice <laughs> is a little verklempt. It's a little rough. Well, what's new? You've been working on a lot of shit. I worked on a lot of shit last year. Yeah. Some of it you probably can't talk about. You po- You know, actually, I think I can talk about all of it now. Okay, so you posted the thing about the Stray Cats. I did a Stray Cats record very, very, very quickly. Uh, recorded, mixed the whole record in seven days. And how did that come up? A friend of mine... An ancillary friend of mine knows Peter Collins, and uh, he suggested that I should do this record uh, because I've been kind of, kind of become the guy who does live like records like live on the floor, right? Like old school rock and roll, you know, cut everything live, yeah, and, and then smile and move on, you know. And that's how Brian wanted to do it, and so I set him up all in the same room, put some gobos between their sort of instruments. Brian playing live and Slim Jim playing, and so you could all kind of see each other, a little bit of a semicircle, a little semicircle. And um, I put a 44 up for Brian to sing into, and um, we cut the record, and then we took that that 44, and we kind of just used it off and on in places for doubles later, because he wanted to sing it again. Oh. And so we, and then we went in and in two days, cut a day, I think, really cut all the vocals again and um, comped it. And then I did a day of rough mixes and we sent to Brian, he said, that's it, it's done. And, I, and, and we, we kind of went, well, but uh, uh, he's like, no, I love it. And they're like, well, okay, if you want to mix a couple songs, that's fine. So I mixed him and Brian, he literally wrote back and said, yeah, these sound better, but I love the vibe of the rough. So, so they went with the roughs? Went with the roughs. That's great. Well, it's funny, he, he'd been trying to look for the sound forever and he didn't know what it was. And that was this Gene Vincent record he really loved. Mm-hmm. And so we played it, and there's nothing under 100 cycles in it at all. I mean, there's no low end, right, at all. And the whole mix has slap on the whole thing, the whole record. So I'm guessing there's probably three mics, maybe, right? And Gene, you know, the Blue Caps playing, and they just put the slap echo on and printed it okay through a limiter you know like that's kind of what it sounds like i didn't want to do that exactly i don't want to make the hunt you know nothing under 100 cycles but we did want that vibe so uh i ran a um 15 ips two you know two track for the whole tracking on room mics on a little bit on the kick drum about snare drum the bass the top bass mic a little bit on the guitar all that and just printed that for the whole record. And that's sort of the sound of it. And then when we did vocals, all of his vocals, I printed lead vocal and slap on a stereo track. I just balanced it, you know. And then later, when I did the rough mix, I just split that into two tracks, just dual mono. And I had the slap and I had the vocal and we could comp the whole, like I could comp the vocals with the slap on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it worked. Sort of. And but did, was there, obviously, with the 44 in the room with the drums, there was a lot of bleed from that on the yeah. back side of it. And so. it's right, kind of like, kind of like if the guitar was in the middle, the drums were on the left and the bass oh. on the right. Okay. And he's singing, looking right at his guitar amp, and that 44 is right between the drums. The null is between the drums and the bass. I was going to say, bass. it was the null, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, and, and so we, we didn't use that mic really for much of anything except for some doubles. Oh, okay. What else you been working on? Well, I did this Trey Anastasio record, 
in the middle of the year and it's really, really great. It's one, one of my favorite people to work with. You know, he's a, he's a bundle of energy and positivity and just, he's just a, he's a really great guy, and great guitar player, really smart. We worked on this record up in Vermont at his place and, and then we worked on it at my place, or at least I did a bunch of work on the side on my own. With uh, I had a couple key, I had a keyboard player in town that wanted to put some sort of uh, kind of I don't know I'm gonna call them Pink Floyd keys sort of like 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 very Nick Mason parts you know Nick Mason is a drummer not uh, not uh, Rick Rick Wright sorry. okay right 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 yeah Rick Wright sorry Nick Mason Rick Wright yeah. right I got that wrong Easy you can it. edit that oh or not just edit that out or, or not uh, we're so, gonna go with the rough mix yeah let's go with the rough What's funny is on that straight guys, they loved the rough mix, but there were mis there were mistakes they wanted me to fix. <laughs> like, okay, so I recalled my rough mix session, fixed the mistakes, printed it again. You mixed it through your SSL. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to the trade thing. Uh, yeah, so Richard Wright, very just just cool, like you know, Mellotron and piano and B3, and and uh, I put piano and B3 and some synth on almost everything knowing that we were going to take a bunch of it away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just knowing. But what was happening was we took a bunch of it away, we put some of it back, we took some of it away, we put some of it back, we took it away, we put it back, we took it away, we put it back, we put it back, oh, no, we're going to take it away again. We just, it just kind of kept moving as the track kept evolving. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. That It was always sort of there, whether we wanted it. So, like, Trey took a guitar part out in one, so one song, and you can kind of hear it in the room because it's all live performances. It's it's Trey and Tony from Tab and John Fishman. And so it's all live performances. So the guitars and the drums, you know, it's it's all live. So he took a guitar part out and you could kind of hear the guitar in the room. A little ghosting. And so we put a little, so it was like, oh, where's that organ track? We put organ, oh, now the organ sort of covers up the ghost in the machine, you know, so, as I call it. And uh, also he had scratch vocals, so every now and then there'd be like a scratch vocal would sort of come out of nowhere, like in the track. And it's cool because the record's called Ghost of the Forest. And <laughs> at one song, we they were jamming the intro and the caterers were loading lunch in. And like people are talking. And you can kind of hear people talking and all this and just sort of in the background. And so I um, went up the hill. There's, it's on a mountainside, it's beautiful. Went up on the side of this hill and uh, took an R88, an AEA R88 right at sunset and um, a uh, Zoom recorder and recorded 45 minutes of, of the Vermont hillside. Birds, doves, hawks, you know, like all that, all that stuff happening up in the forest. And then we just sort of layered that in from place to place in the record. Just sort of, you come and go in and out of the forest. So it's kind of fun. It's gonna, bit, it's gonna be a little bit different from what you would do. Yeah. In, in, last as, song, uh, the last hit. song on the record is uh, 23 minutes and 46 seconds. Wow. We we came back. We recorded three days, and then we worked about another eight or nine days on arrangements and some overdubs. And when I I took my um, trans like my I call it my like flight drive, my transition drive, um, uh, just a, a SSD drive in a carrier with me back to Nashville. Uh, leaving the master in safety with him until I got to Nashville, then he could send the master. You know, so master and the safety aren't on the plane with me, all that kind of with stupid shit. With handcuffs and a briefcase. The briefcase, yeah. Uh, when we got back, I um, dumped it into my rig and it was a 798 gig. 
Yeah, so it was a lot of recording. Wow. Uh, did I... We were having some whiskey last night over at the PMC booth. You Who talk, talked you into that? Well, that would be you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, actually, just a side note on that. Anytime you, Pete Lyman, and Reed Shippen are together, this like little Nashville whiskey uh, motley crew or a mafia get together, the whiskey just... I am not Tommy Lee in that situation. Permeates. Probably more the Vince I, I meant Neal more in that. the uh, in the figurative kind of slightly motley balding crew. overweight guy. But yeah, I, I meant the figurative yeah. motley crew. Yeah, I get it. Uh, well, I can't speak to that. Well, but, um, that's my we, experience. We are we are people who enjoy hanging out with each other and um, drinking whiskey, drinking whiskey, and making music together, and you know, doing the thing. Yeah, we all work so much we don't get to see each other. So things like this, this is like. You know, we're like like uh, kids that are on summer that run into their friends at the pool yeah. and then just run around together, you know? <laughs> kind of how it is. Did I hear you say that you worked on a Beyonce thing? Oh, well, that was, yeah, that was a couple years ago. That was, yeah, so uh, about five years ago, six, I was working for Jack White. We cut uh, some uh, songs for a really bad movie called The Lone Ranger. Oh, yes. We didn't know it was bad. At the time, they hadn't even shot it. But Gore Verbinski, the director, who's very nice, came to uh, Third Man. And over the course of a few days, we, we cut a whole bunch of songs about around these storyboards and script ideas and things that, that Gore had. And then Jack sort of saw a, a cut of the movie and said, I, I don't think I'm going to be a part of this or something. I don't know all the situation. I just know that he didn't have anything to do with it anymore. For the good, I have a feeling. So I got a call, I don't know, two and a half, three years ago uh, from him, or like an email really, saying, hey man, this Beyonce thing is on. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't know anything about it. And come to find out one of the songs on that record was called Dusty. And he had taken a part of it and uh, they transferred the whole thing into Pro Tools off the tape and they'd taken a part of it and cut it into pieces and he had written this song called Don't Hurt Yourself and he had pitched it to Jay-Z and Jay-Z, I guess, gave it to Beyonce and she loved it and so then it turned into a Beyonce song. So I cut this track and, and then five years later it's up for our album of the year, it's on, a, on, on the album of the year. So I was talking to Maserati because he mixed it. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Tony Maserati. Right. Nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy. Well, so... He's nicer than he should be. Yeah, he's very approachable, too. Yeah, he's super nice. So we're at NAMM 2019. We're in Anaheim. Anything catch your attention, gear-wise, uh, that you care about? Well, you know, every year there's always... There's always something that I see that I go, hmm, I wonder about that. There's a guy here, I have an SSL, and there's a guy here who has an alternate automation system, the THD Labs Tangerine. And I talked to him for, man, a couple hours yesterday, and I feel bad because, like, you know, he's, he's trying to explain it to me, and, and then I'm telling him why he's wrong for doing it that way. And then, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I just have to sort of let him. He's still really just really working on it, getting it sorted out. Yeah. I think it's going to be good for guys like me who have this investment, you know, who are pretty much kind of every day just going down the road knowing that if the computer goes out, 
you know, the automation's gone, the recall's gone, all the things that I rely on every day are sort of gone, you know. And uh, that's why, like, I have a second computer, I have a second power supply for my computer, I have parts. Yeah, and we're talking about for the SSL audience. SSL computer. The this SSL is, computer. This is, this is a thing that's about 40 rack spaces. Yep. Runs off floppy disks. Yep. Five and, or three and a half inch floppies. And um, doesn't run DOS, it doesn't run Windows. It, it, it runs something that we don't even have a spec for, a file spec for. So like I can't even copy a floppy. I have to use a computer to copy a floppy. And it's just, you know, it, it's super janky now, but it's also super stable. It's janky in the fact that I can't fix it. Like I can fix it by just replacing parts, but it's, it's stable in the fact that, yeah, I've had it three years, it's maybe crashed once. Yeah, it you works. Know what I mean? It works. They had it figured out. They just, when the time came for SSL to jettison the 4000, they were so ready to move on that they just, you know, got that shit out. Yeah. And then um, when SSL then sold again to Peter Gabriel, his goal was to make all everything legacy not even in their purvey. Like, they, he didn't want to know anything about it. So even like 9,000s, I mean, they pretty much just kind of said, see ya, best of luck, y'all. You know. And they've been sold again. Yeah, yeah, but that Peter's, I think, still owns a stake. Okay. Um, I think. I don't know. You have a and I don't really care. You have a particular. You have a lot of gear at at Sputnik, and you have a particular workflow. So when you see new gear, do you ever see anything that could potentially change your entire workflow? That you would cause that would cause you to completely overhaul your whole setup, or are you just are you? No, stay with I've, what you I've had a lot of people. I've had a lot of people tell me it's the Raven or it's an S6 or, or it's um, something that, you know, would allow me to work, the the way I like to work, the speed I like to work at, uh, and not have a console and basically work in the box. I, I just don't think it's there yet for me. Because you work faster by, way faster physically touch Yeah, why things. wouldn't I just get up and turn a knob and go, oh, that's better. Right. Instead of getting my mouse and instantiating and plug in and then and then once I get this great mix and then I close it and I open the next mix and it has nothing of that in it. I have to import and then try to reroute and it's just... Create the template. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Now, for a lot of people it does. Yeah. And, and tons of people make a lot of great records yeah. and great money doing it you know the way they do it but for where you're at in your lifestyle and your studio let's, situation let's do it this way right now i can afford to do it the way i'm doing it i'm probably leaving some money on the table but i can afford to do it that way now and as long as i can afford to do it that way i i feel like i want to do it that way yeah well cool man i just wanted to catch up with you yeah. and uh, at some point I'll have you back on the show, and we'll do like a fresh interview. Yeah, it'd be good. It's been a long time. It's good we need to, to finish you. your interview. I started here. Did you ever watch any of that? No. I listened to a little bit of it. Did you hate it? Yeah. Did you hate me? No. Why did you hate it? No, no, no. It's just the environment at the party. Oh, yeah. It wasn't, it, yeah, it wasn't yeah. Uh, just you and me. Right. All right. So. Well, we can do that. Maybe Nam. Because the interesting thing I find is that I'm pretty confident that 
a lot of the things that you do work-wise and a lot of things that you're going about doing now are way different from when I first met you. Way different. Yep. And then the things that you use and how you use it and how you're doing this and how much of this has become your, you know, the, the working class audience has become your, your, you know, your thing and how I know you're doing some stuff for UA still, I think, right? Yep, contract and, work. Uh, and, you know, all that stuff is is the changing face of the industry, you know. Uh, it's just interesting to me. Well, we'll delve know? into it at some point. You know, because you've diversified yourself to be successful. I've had to. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's how it works for everybody, actually. Yeah. You know, it does. It works that way. You Sometimes you just have to follow the path that makes you successful. Yeah, you never know if you're on it or not. And you never, you know, it may not be the original path yeah. you'd planned. When the police come and evict you from your house, that was the wrong That plan. was the wrong decision. <laughs> so the At least then you know. At least you know. Make good decisions. Yeah, try to. <laughs> All right, yeah. man. All right. Thanks, Vance. Thanks, you got it. Vance Powell here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. Uh, great to see Vance as always, and I will see him again at SummerNAM. In Nashville, of course. I'll tell you what, let's just keep moving it. Let's move on to Alex Awana of Audio Test Kitchen, and uh, let's hear the great news that Alex has. You're going to love what he's up to. He's got this amazing thing that he's doing, and let's go to it. Let's let's hear what he has to say. Alex Awana here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. Hey, I'm here with uh, my buddy Alex Awana. Alex and I go back to, uh, I'm going to say maybe... Early 2000s, I'll guess. I think uh, it was a poolside gathering at a Tape Up Con or Potluck Con. Yeah, it was definitely it was, like a... After a long day of uh, Ed Cherney seminars. Yeah, I think so. Monitor demos. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing contests. Alex is kind of... He's been around the block. He's audio engineer. He's been at Slate. He's been at Vintage King. Yeah. But he now has a whole new thing, Audio Test Kitchen, which uh, I've been kind of... In the been in, been in on the loop, but yes, you I've have. had to keep my mouth shut for a long time. <laughs> Today's the day, but I no longer have to keep my <laughs> mouth shut. So, tell us about Audio Test Kitchen. Matt, Audio Test Kitchen is the first ever showroom where people can hear and compare, totally unbiased, apples to apples, all the audio gear that makes sound. And we're starting with large diaphragm condenser microphones. We partnered with 50 manufacturers so far, just in the large diaphragm category alone. Amazing. Who sent us 225 microphones for us to put our methodology, which we spent two years developing, to the test at East West Studios uh, for three weeks back in December. Wow. We spent uh, that same two years developing a free online software platform that serves up this incredible database um, where all 225 microphones, you get to listen to uh, four different songs, uh, up to 10 sources on each song in four different genres. The motivation behind this is that we wanted to give people access. We wanted to empower people to be able to make really good and confident decisions about gear, whether they're going into their next session or about to purchase something, or they're just a student at any level who wants to learn about gear and have a first-hand experience with it, a sound experience with it, where they can be assured 
that we control all the variables. It's unbiased. We're a third party. We're not a manufacturer. We're not a retailer. And we do have decades of engineering and production experience behind us to make a platform where people could relate to the music they're hearing and be sure that after listening to um, sort different sources, different songs, that they would have a really good idea of what these different microphones sound like. Because the big problem is, is for a lot of people, uh, you want to try a piece of gear and you're generally kind of limited to online reviews, uh, reviews in magazines, and yes, you can probably call one of the retailers and put your credit card down and have them send the gear out and you could try it out, but to be able to A-B so many different products against one another is really a tough thing. And eventually you're gonna probably cave to some kind of bias at some point and make a decision and buy. Dude, listen, I was a reviewer. I wrote for Pro Audio Review and Pro Sound News and Sound on Sound a bit for years. And I considered that a, a, a real honor and a privilege and quite a burden that, how is it that my opinion should tell you what you like? And, and so Audio Test Kitchen is all about empowering the individual to use their own taste. In fact, the main comparison engine that we developed is called the taste test because it's it's not about a shootout, it's not about somebody winning. It's it's about well it's about you, the user winning because now you can finally make a, a really well-informed decision, but it's your taste. I want you to pick the right thing for you. Right. The, the same thing happened to me, Matt. Uh, I used to um, do sales uh, and some marketing for Vintage King, and I was constantly I felt really bad for both myself and for the customer on the other end of the phone who would ask me to either be their tiebreaker or to tell me what they should buy. And I just felt really disempowered for both of us that I wasn't able to like give them a firsthand experience if they weren't able to come into the showroom. Like it's only 1% of 1% of the people who are who need these tools or are able to get to any place where they could possibly do a good comparison. Right. And even in that case, they're only going to be able to compare a small subset of what's actually available. So number one, uh, who am I to tell you as a retailer what gear and what brands you should be interested in? Who am I to tell you, you know, what is right for you? So we wanted to create a resource that uh, where a person could actually develop that con confidence and understanding themselves. And what's great is, is that you can use your own ears yeah. and your own judgment. Yeah. In your own studio. Right. Through the monitors you know. Right. The headphones you know. So the concept is, is you go to audiotestkitchen.com. Yeah. And, and it's free. And it's free. Yep. And you start like in with the first batch of stuff, which is large diaphragm condensers, which I know you spent an extraordinary amount of time <laughs> yeah. painstakingly uh, having everything uh, measured. And I saw postings of yours where it was like I could see lasers uh, yeah. where that the lasers know, are just for show right oh well but I mean the lasers <laughs> helped you remember where things uh, were the set. lasers are really uh, fun and, and tricky to work with and definitely don't ever look into a, 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 a laser level because uh, it, it will hurt your eyes um, but know that we had a ton of lasers on hand because uh, what we guaranteed was that not just that every microphone was in the same place as the next microphone relative to the source, but that every diaphragm was at the exact same point in space as the next diaphragm. So every microphone diaphragm is laser lined from two different axes. Lasers are, are a very important part of the process. 
because they, they're one of many steps in ensuring that the conditions were absolutely controlled and that we made absolutely sure that the source did not vary for every microphone that, that we uh, recorded. And so like you may see some microphone comparisons where you put a bunch like in front of the source, but they're all in a slightly different position. Right. And, and either the room is gonna affect how they sound differently or the angle that it's the, the guitar amp or the vocalist or whatever comes at it. You know, we made sure that the distance and placement and angle and everything about that microphone was in the exact same place in front of every source. So you started with large diaphragm condensers and yeah. you're eventually gonna roll it, roll it out to other products in general, not just LDCs, but in other microphones, but other products right. in general, compressors, EQs. Anything that makes a sound that, that is comparable versus an AB or an ABCDEFG test, um, yeah. where you really need to understand, where the sound is the most important thing. We actually have a blind taste test mode um, where you know you can challenge your own assumptions. Let's say you can decide to put, say, like five microphones in your test, and then um, you know you've chosen what those are, so you already are bringing a bias to the table. You know it. You know you've you've, you've got a brand bias, or you may have experience with one microphone or another. But when you throw it in a blind mode, you really challenge yourself to only listen and be influenced only by what you hear. So it's, blind mode is really really powerful for that. And and I challenge even the most experienced engineer engineers of us, including myself. I've been I've been fooled, and I've learned things. It's not about being fooled, it's about learning like what, what your ears really love and what and, and, and letting your ears decide. That's fantastic. So for the audience, audiotestkitchen.com, you've got to check this out because this could be potentially the future of how people make decisions about buying, no matter where you live in the world. So I'll put a link in the show notes. You guys can check it out. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank about you this. so much, I'm Matt. really excited about this, and I think the audience will be too. Man, so we're intending to launch March, spring. Um, we're going into beta right now. What else is really important to know? It's free to use. Yep. There's some extra benefits if you decide to register for free, and that is you can uh, save your sessions. You can do, hey, this is my like vocal microphone uh, uh, research session. This is my drum microphone research session. You can share out to Facebook. You can get that conversation going based on something real, you know, based on something tangible that, that you know, we can all now finally have a conversation based on something we can all point to as a, as a reference point as a, and as a resource. It's really, it's pretty groundbreaking yeah. for our industry. I think it's going to be a very useful Thanks, tool man. for and we're, everybody. And we're working within the existing retail network, you know, we're, we're here to raise all ships. We are, we're, we want to pass along, you know, we want to make everything about the process easier. We want to make it easier for people to make a great buying decision uh, from the beginning, you know, which is the right product for me, all the way to like finding the right, you know, retailer or right dealer for them, down to even where you live. Fantastic. Well, thanks again. Thanks for having me, Matt. All right, take care, I'm a Alex. huge fan of, of the show, so oh, it's, it's, well, an honor. it's an honor to be on the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. At yeah, some Matt. point, we'll have you on as a full interview to talk about your history, which is quite extensive. Cool. It'd be awesome. Okay, man. All right, Thank take you so care. much, Matt. Bye-bye. Alex Awana here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. Now, is that not the coolest idea ever? I, I, personally, I think so. Now, I've known about it for a couple years. It's been in the works, so I have not been able to talk about it because, you know, when you kind of get close to people doing innovative things and they're not ready to t tell the people about it, you tend to sign a few non-disclosure agreements, which... Uh, 
I'm glad I can now let the cat out of the bag about Audio Test Kitchen because I think it's such a groundbreaking thing for our industry. So kudos to you, Alex. Wonderful job, and uh, good luck to you and your crew there. Hey, our friends over at DistroKid have created the DistroKid app for Android, which allows you to do some key things such as check your stats from Apple and Spotify, edit release metadata, upload new releases, and a host of other features. And remember, WCA listeners get 30% off your first year at DistroKid. And if you just head on over to workingclassaudio.com slash WCA30, you can follow the link, get your 30% off, and be off to the races. So check our friends out at DistroKid and make sure and get your 30% off by going to workingclassaudio.com slash WCA30. So now that we have a couple uh, semi-serious interviews under our belt, Vance Powell, Alex Awana, it's time to just kind of close out the podcast with a kind of a semi-silly, semi-drunk, late-night interview with... uh, with my brothers from Montreal, that'd be Chris Salim, and my brother from another podcast from Nashville, Lid Shaw from Recording Studio Rockstars. Here we are. They've come in the door, and I've got the setup ready for them, and they're just like, what? We're going to do an interview now? So here we are, Chris Salim, Lid Shaw, here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. And now, am I supposed to remember anything? No. Um, it's gonna be water. it's gonna be a little loose. I'm trying to think of anything at all. Did you get a beer? I got a beer. What is going on here? Do we polish off the um, Fritos, or did you polish off the Fritos? We had a bag of Fritos here yeah, somewhere. Oh, they're there. Can you grab them? They, these make for great recording. Are you rolling? No. Are you blogging again? No. <laughs> We're about to start recording a podcast. Look at that. That's a that's a nice setup you have. It is a very elegant setup. Is it? I, I feel it I feel special. The GoPros, microphones. It's a little studio. All right, so uh, it's the end of the day, Friday night, and I don't even know what time it is, but I'm sitting here with uh, my two friends, Chris Salem. Lid Shaw, Lid Shaw, of course, from Recording Studio Rockstars, Chris Salim from Yo. Mixed Down Online. What have you guys seen in the course of the last two days since we've been here? A lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of, of stuff. People. A lot of people. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Crazy. And I, this year, I actually wandered over into the, the, like the music instrument area, too. Oh. This is something I need to do tomorrow. It's on, my, it's on my list. And it's mayhem. I saw 50 trumpets. <laughs> today and i took photos of my center to my daughter who's now playing trumpet. nice i i took one listen to people blowing in horns and i ran the other direction <laughs> i'm telling you it's like that whole area with the instruments that's like a bad neighborhood you know especially the drum part oh it's horrible section? Yeah. oh god <laughs> there you go yeah speaking of tough neighborhoods T- tough neighborhoods <laughs> tough crowd you know the truth is though i went over i was surprised at some of the pro audio stuff that was over in the zone where all the instruments are like uh yeah uad for example yeah universal audio is over there yeah. um there's a few companies that are close in that area that was the original area that a lot of the pro audio okay. people were at and then they shifted to the building that we've been in recently but some of them stayed. 
What what mic are you using, Matt? Well, that's the Audio Technica BP40, of course. Well, that's sweet, dude. <laughs> <laughs> am I? What mic am I on? That is the Audio Technica BP40. Oh, and I guess I have the same. You have. The Hopefully, same. it's mm-hmm. the forty-one. I mean, no, uh, hang on. I'll tell you. What is it? I always forget. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's the BP four thousand one. Ooh, I like that. Man. Have you been to numbers. the Audio Technica booth? It's huge. I, you know, I, I saw it, but I, I walked by, but yeah. I haven't stopped yet. So tomorrow, I want to stop there for sure. Yeah, we can. We should all go over there. Let's do it. Let's go together. Yeah. Man, you sound like extra good now. You just went your goodness level just went way up. <laughs> That's because I took two extra sips of the beer. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're drinking extra strong beer today, and and you know, speaking of beer, one of the the real pleasures we had earlier was coming from a party where we got to see a a, a line of grown men standing on chairs doing a beer drinking contest. Oh, and drinking yeah. an I, entire I think pitcher I have it on of my beer. phone. Let me show you a picture. Oh, is that that? So you're talking about the Aston microphones exactly. party. Indeed, it was. It was. Wow, that is like a. Uh, that's a loud party. It is. Yeah, it was Definitely. loud and it was special. <laughs> it was. Very, it was awesome. That's it. There's a lot of drinking that goes on there. There's a lot of eating, and there's a lot of people. Was it in the same room as it was last same year? Same room as yeah, as last year. Yeah, it's funny because Chris and Brian were. We're talking came about- in with us, and when when they got in, it's like okay, we're out of here. Oh, they did. They left. Oh yeah, we're talking about. Uh, pack, we're know? talking about. Uh, Chris Graham and Brian Hood yeah, from the exactly. Six Figure Home Studio podcast. Yeah, those guys are serious business. So did you meet anybody new? Uh, yeah, I met a lot of new people. I met uh, Magnus and Dave and um, who else? From All from Sweden. Last names? Uh, no, I can't go that far. Oh, you can't go that far. <laughs> no. Um, I met Tony Maserati today. Cool. Hopefully, hopefully, I'll get him on the show. Yeah, I met Tony briefly there too, and I hope you get him on the show as well. I hope he goes on your show. Well, thanks. Shout out to you, Tony. Yeah, come on the show. Come on the show, Tony. <laughs> Not all the shows are like this. No, no, no. This is a special show. This is the this is the Nam. It's show. the Airbnb. Version. It's the Airbnb edition. Did you both do any filming for your uh, for your I YouTube ventures? Yeah, I did vlog a bit, but. I'm going to keep that for tomorrow mainly because I just, I just wanted to meet people today. Is that the name of your channel? Vlog a bit? Vlog a bit. Vlogabit.com. Vlog a bit. I like that. <laughs> That'd be a good name if you if you could. I did a couple of videos, yeah, with my, I brought a GoPro this time, tried to keep it real easy on a very light tripod. In fact, the tripod was so light that one of the legs broke off on my first video. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, that whole rig you bought the mic the mic holder that was a piece of shit it was, it was really it was, was a piece of shit it broke before it? you even got to the conference Do you think the mic holder broke the tripod broke but the gopro's working great you like it it's the uh gopro 7 eh? yeah but you know what it doesn't have what? that your gopro does have matt which is right in front of me looking looking askance at me through the corner of its eye what is a, this gorgeous WCA sticker? Oh, I can I can get you some of those. How, yeah, but what about your listeners? Do they, don't they want stickers too? Those little stickers are tiny. They're cool as shit, man. Can I say that? Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. We, we forgot to talk about that. We didn't. Matt gave us no heads up. Yeah. Guys. These guys just showed up from from doing this party, and I was like, "All right, let's go." We walked in the door of the Airbnb, and he was like, "We're rolling." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably, yeah, that's pretty it. I, I did give you some warning. You did, man. You always I got a text me. from you 10 minutes ago. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm here. Where are you guys? I'm ready. I'm all Come set. 
<laughs> yeah, I kind of laid low. I hung out with um, uh, former WCA guest Cesar Mejia and uh, one of his studio partners, uh, Louis Gonzalez. And uh, we went to the, uh, I want to say the Clarion Hotel. Crappy little bar. Oh, that's a good beep. Oh, that's not a good beep. Oh, that just shut off. Oh, that's not a good beep. But, you know, while you're doing this, this thing that we're recording our microphones through and hearing our headphones through sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. What is that all this, about? This little d thing here. Here, let me just turn the whole operation around. Go ahead. Um, I think I could do it with this one. Okay, so this this is the Marantz. I can't even tell what it is. It's, it's the Marantz PHA three it's a three channel headphone amp battery powered we're running it off two double a batteries right now and it can power up to three headphones and take a stereo input and we're taking a stereo feed excuse me dude there's no way man two double a batteries how long does it last that good i don't know i haven't tried it yet we'll, we'll see now huh? we'll see we'll put it through its paces but i want to make a record through that thing i know it sounds really good really good and then you know i've got the sound devices mix pre six here and it's you know it's a killer it, it's a kick-ass little box hmm. yeah yeah i'm so happy with it speaking of kick-ass cool. how about this for a kick drum <laughs> was that <laughs> did you did you get did you drink a, a one of those giant things up here were you no, one of those gentlemen no, no. lining up for one of those no not even close i not even close man i'm just as stupid all the time <laughs> <laughs> even bjorgman this time he was you know i'm gonna take my time i'm gonna drink the beer but you know he was being responsible. Yeah, he, he, really he was. was. That's Bjorg van Benedictsen from audioissues.com. It is indeed. Is it dot .com? I it's think it is. Audio. It's audiomixdown.issues. No, it's no, I'm not. Just <laughs> dot .online. <laughs> audioissues.com. We'll I'll put a link in my show notes for this one. People are going to listen to this and be like... They're going to the just wish they were here, man. <laughs> Come on, dude. I mean, this is like so unlike any other episode. Do you have a, a, a like a, a term of endearment by which you refer to your audience? No, not like you. I don't call them my rock stars. Well, can I call them your rock stars? Uh, if you can come up with a, a similar type name, mm. sure. What would you call the Boudelaires? The Boudel. That's the name of the kids in uh, in the Lemony Snicket thing. Is it? Oh, I think you're right. <laughs> the Baudelaire. That's what it is, man, because my daughter was making me watch the Lemony Snicket, the, uh, the um, series of unfortunate, unfortunate events. events. Yeah. We've been watching that. Oh, yeah, on Netflix. It's really quite good. Um, so for the audience members, if you haven't uh, been over to Recording Studio Rockstars, uh, I always refer to Lidge. We refer to each other as my brother from another podcast. That's right. Yeah. That's the guy. Uh, you should check that out. Uh, that that link will be in the show notes. But you've been on the show, and Chris, you've been on the show. Chris is the one responsible for this Cubase course that I've been raving about that uh, yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes, where instead of Googling this crap, when you're looking for stuff for the DA yeah. for a DAW, well, in, in particular Cubase, you just go to Chris's course and you can find everything you need. It's 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 a course, but it's also kind it's of a, a course. But it's, it's, I made it as a reference guide as well. Yeah, it's it, that's yeah. really what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's, it's it's a tool that you can use um, on and on. You know, every time you need it, which is very practical. Um, especially if you're looking for answers and, you know, searching around. You know, it, it's so easy to waste time on YouTube. It's funny I say YouTube because I'm a YouTuber, but 
Um, still, you know, w- w- when you're learning a new DAW or any software, I did that last summer when I was um, switching from Final Cut Pro to Adobe Premiere. Right. Um, I could have just searched online like for, for hours to get answers to learn how to, to run Premiere. Uh, instead of what I did on my side, I just bought myself a course because I just wanted to, to get from A to Z quickly right, in a very efficient way. Um, so I bought a course that was going to be useful in the future. So if I need to get back to, to, to a specific part of uh, what I learned on Premiere, it was just very, it's an easy access. So, uh, so that's why I built it this way because I had a good experience doing so with Premiere. Um, so that's why I did it with uh, with Cubase, and up to now, um, it was a success. Uh, and the people's reaction, the comments I get up to now are very, very positive. So, mm. what do you mean up to now, dude? Into the future too? It's still just kicking butt. I know. But, uh, you know, tell us a little <laughs> bit about, about Cubase because I actually don't. I've never used it. I don't mm. think. But I did recently meet uh, a friend of mine in Nashville, John Painter, who's a, a, a painter. A, yeah, well, no, he's not a painter, but he's an incredible. He's a musical painter, and he's he's a composer, and he swears by Cubase, yeah. and he says it's one of the greatest. Whoa! Thank you, Matt. He says it's one of the best <laughs> tools and DAWs out there, and that it does all kinds. That's of stuff. That's what we tend to think. Yeah. Well, so what, <laughs> what, what makes it so cool? Uh, you know, I think it's a it's a personal preference. Um, when I first started music production, I learned on Cubase. Back then, when I, if we go back 15 years ago, Cubase was very, very easy to find online uh, as a cracked software. And um, I'm not, I, I'm you know against crack, uh, cracking software and use cracked uh, software. But when I first started to uh, to study music production, you know, everyone had Wave plugins. Everyone had a, a copy of Cubase back then. It was SX2, I think, uh, back in 02, if I remember correctly. Um, but afterwards, the minute I started to work um, on a professional level, I bought a license right away. So I guess, um, yeah, I studied on Pro Tools uh, at the music uh, school that I attended. But, you know, since I had a copy of Cubase back then, I just was used to uh, to work with Cubase and I just didn't stop. Um, so I don't know. To answer your question about what's great about Cubase, I think... It's pretty straightforward when it gets to recording and editing, especially editing. Um, I know that a lot of people that work with Pro Tools, they kind of, it's Pro Tools all the way, especially for the editing part. But this is something I just can't, I'm just not able to get into it. Huh. I mixed album on Pro Tools, that's fine. But to, to record and edit, um, no, I just can't. And see, I feel the opposite. I can mix in Cubase, but, but editing, editing and, and recording, I'm lost. And I, I tried Cubase 4. I got into it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bought a copy and used it and was really trying to get into it. But, man. It's a completely different world than Pro Tools as far as editing goes. Well, and then they changed the whole damn thing. I mean. They did at version 7. Yeah. Version yeah, 7. But, I mean, but all the editing tools, uh, most of them are the same as they used to. Hmm. Uh, what, what they changed was mainly the mix console, I would say. Well, I remember a friend of mine, you know, like this was like back in 98, 2000, something like that. And he, he made one of his first records on Cubase and it looked complete, utterly different than it does yeah. today, I think. But I remember back then, the thing that was unique about it was that 
I think it there was already EQ on every channel. There was already a reverb mm, that came yeah. that sounded great, and you just turn up the sand, and now you yeah. got reverb on your mix. You know, it sounded beautiful. That's what and no, there's a channel strip. You know, I since. think that's uh, what a lot of people like about uh, the Harrison mix bus. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly I was thinking yeah. of that too. And that was a shout out to you, Joe Pasapi, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> who's that? Yeah, that was my buddy in Nashville, who's a brilliant musician, great songwriter. And um, has a beautiful studio too, and he was making his records on Cubase oh. back at that time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, but and then I I went down the studio one path for a while, and I used that on uh, the mastering side of it. But I went back into Pro Tools. Me too. Actually, I have a mastering session as soon as I get home, on in Studio One. Yeah, yeah, because you started to work with Studio One, Lich. I did. I, I don't know my way around the DAW and the multi. Because it's funny because Studio One and Cubase are kind of alike. They well, look about the same I, I, in a way. I think uh, there's a few guys that worked for Cubase. That's what I heard. Or Steinberg. That that's left oh, yeah. for to work for uh, for Presonus, and they helped Presonus to come up with uh, with Studio One. Well, all I know rumor, is, rumor. I don't know. You know, I can't. I like yeah, the I way Studio One sounds. I did one of my demos for my, my recent record on there, and it sort of effortlessly sounded cool to me as I listened back. But also, I like all the guys from. Uh, Presonus as well. Yeah, they're good. They're good guys, for sure. I've never met them. Well, let's let's change that tomorrow. Oh, we could. Yeah, <laughs> we got one more day in Am. What are we gonna do tomorrow? Well, you know, walk a million miles. <laughs> My feet hurt so much today. Really? When I switch. I brought two pairs of shoes because I purposely Did switch. You, well, if you wear two pairs of shoes at the same time, I mean, that's not. Gonna I know feel that's good. really that's not gonna help. On. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So I wore one pair one day, one pair the other day, and I'm going to switch back to the other pair, but holy crap, my feet were killing me. Man, I'm sorry to hear that, dude. Well, were your feet not killing you? No. I was wearing shoes, believe it or not. I was wearing I shoes past two days. And Imagine that. Lidge with shoes. I know. And for those that don't know, like if you ever meet Lidge, one of the things that I think kind of took me by surprise was he likes to walk not only in flip-flops, kind of in all kinds of climates, but you like walking barefoot down the street. I do. I find it, it's way more comfortable for me to be barefoot just walking around. It's like, I, I could be wrong about this, but it's it's my theory that it's possible that we were designed to move around that way. But again, you can be wrong about <laughs> I don't know. I can't verify that. It's funny. We were at, we were at the AES in the, back in, in 2017, and we walked from Chinatown to Brooklyn. Yeah, six miles. Okay, six mile. The guy, the the guy did it barefoot. I did it barefoot. crossing the was it the Washington Bridge or something? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Do you Washington know how Bridge. much crap is on those streets? That's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, and I kept looking down, and I was like, dude, I was cracking up because I mean, we might have had a couple of beers <laughs> while we were having dinner too. But you did it. You, but you, I was like, dude, my feet are so dirty. The the you thing walked was, six miles. You're such a hippie. I really, <laughs> it was funny. I tried it for maybe not even a mile. That was that was was over. Not but forget it. I'm not gonna. Oh, you had enough. You had enough to drink that you took your shoes off. <laughs> I tried just oh, to be supportive, <laughs> right? Well, the funny thing was, we we got up the next morning to go back into AES for like day two, and I was sicker than a dog. Because <laughs> you, so you think that's because you caught something on the streets of New York. I caught a fever, man, for recording music. Right? Yeah, it went right through your feet. <laughs> Well, that was a really. I'm fun happy trip, to though. see you have your shoes on this trip. I do, I do indeed, and that's because I hurt my foot. It's recently. a very good conversation to have on your podcast. I think it's a great it conversation. Really yeah, I, I, 
I encourage you, um, the Boudreaux layers, to <laughs> the, the Boudreaux. <laughs> we are not calling my audience the Boudreaux layers. <laughs> the funny part is, I realize I said it wrong the first time. Anyway, <laughs> I encourage you to take your shoes off by yourself <laughs> and see how it feels. Walk around a bit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe don't take your shoes off in the studio with everybody else there. Yeah. If you've been wearing shoes all day long. Although Eric Valentine does do that. You know, I saw that recently. I watched a video where he was showing how to get an incredible surf rock guitar sound. It was super. You want to talk about that for a sec? Do we like talking about how to get sounds? We could. Sure. If oh. you want to go down that rabbit hole. It was hole. just cool, man. He had like three guitar amps set up. And then he had maybe a, 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 a U47 and a U69 set back a ways um, as if where you might be if you were listening to those three guitar amps going at once. And they were all doing like wild tremolos. And the two, the two mics were placed ear, dis, ear distance apart to like where your ears are on either side of your head, just kind of listening to the amps out in front of you in the room. Uh-huh. And then there was a pair of small diaphragm mics. Because most people hear that in that lopsided manner, right? Exactly, exactly. That's what it was. I think one of his ears preferred a U67, the other a U40. I'm probably making that part up. Maybe it was a perfectly matched pair. Anyway. I think you're making this whole thing up. No, but then he had um, a, an echo chamber that was right behind the guitar amps with the door wide open and a pair of small diaphragm mics in there. And that was the, the reverb just naturally in the echo chamber. And it was all blended together and sounded quite nice. And there was no mention of the drumbrella. About a year and a half ago, I signed up for Sampley.app. And I have to report back and say that I'm completely thrilled with it and it's working out quite well. It gives me the ability to upload mixes and masters to the website and provide a super pro looking interface for my clients. They can drop comments in the timeline. They can listen on any device. They can listen to it in high res. And if I want them to pay for the mix or master before they download it because of the Stripe integration, I can set that up. There's also Dropbox integration, which allows me to quickly create a folder in my Dropbox, which automatically syncs with Samply, makes it much more simple. You should check it out for yourself, but there's a deal to be had. So use the code WCA20. Go to Samply.app or Samply.app. Use the code WCA20, get 20% off, and you'll be off to the races. It's a fantastic tool that I think you're going to enjoy and will definitely make you look a lot more pro when you're delivering files to clients. Skip that whole business where you send it to them over Dropbox. That looks totally amateur at this point. Use Sampley.app and use that code WCA20, and I think you're going to be really thrilled. Sampley.app. Check it out. You know, whenever uh, a guest comes on, they always ask... Um, can I cuss? And I said, take a listen to the Eric Valentine uh, episode, and that oh, will nice. tell you everything you need to know about how many times a human being can say the F word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I worked with Eric Valentine in St. Louis. We were, we Seriously? Were, yeah, he came in as a guest producer to work with us for a weekend when I was working with the band The Living Things. And we were in a basement studio in the band's parents' house, and Eric he just like got us to like focus down on the song and he did some really cool stuff where he has said, he just said like, you know, I think this bridge transition would you, it'd be cool to do a backwards guitar thing. Next thing you know, he's got a guitar in his hands and he's flipping tracks around in pro tools. And he does a whole stack of harmonies that are all just doing this mm. magical bending reversed guitar thing going into the bridge. And it sounded super cool. He, he is a total badass. I agree. He Absolutely sure. badass. Um, there's a, 
we used to have a, a magazine long ago in the Bay Area called BAM Magazine, Bay Area Music. And there is an, uh, an, uh, an issue, and I'll put, I'll see if I can find it. And if this comes out on video, I'll, I'll put it in the video, where uh, Eric's band T-Ride is on the cover. There's, it's like class of 1992 or something, and it's uh, Eric's band T-Ride, my band The Sextants, and another band that I can't think of right at the moment, but but it's just interesting to see that Eric long hair and you had long hair when you were playing in your band, didn't oh, you? Oh, I know. So, you were a long hair. So I remember hippie. I remember the video you showed us. Yeah, that's Summer Nam. Oh, ago. that's embarrassing. Those videos are embarrassing. I want to see that video. I, f- I remember thinking I saw that at Summer Nam, but I want to see it again. I'll show it to you. Long. We can have a good laugh. It's... Yeah, put the link in the description down below. Oh, I'm not going to put that link in the show notes. <laughs> Those those videos are fucking awful. <laughs> All right, but I will tell you this: there is a um, uh, the band I was in, the Sextants. The video we did for the for one of the songs was directed by Zack Snyder, who did like Superman and all these big. I think he did uh, Three Hundred. Yeah. Okay. And he did he did some pretty big Hollywood movies. Like not Superman back in the eighties. No, 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 the right. latest one. That's my favorite one. Yeah, the one that everybody hates. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least that's what I've heard. If you're like a diehard Superman fan, I'm actually, I'm actually, yeah, yeah, I am a diehard Are Superman you? fan. Does that, I, does I, that, I actually uh, enjoyed the new one. Does like, that movie suck? Well, Bruce Willis. I, don't I don't like Die so. Hard. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I should just shut up. I'm not really a superhero fan. I, I sort of tolerate it all and. Oh, enjoy some special bad. effects. I love superheroes. Yeah, I know. So that's why I need to just bite, <laughs> bite my tongue. I have too many people, friends, lovers, who love superhero Lovers? Stuff. Did you just say lovers? <laughs> you just said lovers. Yeah, you did. Interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, so I don't really have any comments to make on cartoons. Well, so comments. back to Nam. And aside from all the walking, uh, we've seen uh, some of the other bloggers podcasters uh warren Hewitt, of course we've seen uh i keep running into warren in passing and uh we've seen graham cochran of course from uh, what's graham's thing called i'm spacing uh, right recording now. revolution recording revolution um and uh who else have we seen we saw um oh, we saw pro tools expert james James, of course, James Ivey, former WCA guest. And we also saw Will, who uh, oh, yeah. used to be with Sound on Sound, who's now with Music Tech. Yep. Looking forward to checking that out. Yeah. So we'll have to see about that. Uh, any, uh, we can, you know, let's do the gear rabbit hole thing. Any gear you've seen that you're like, oh, this is cool? Uh, well, let's say I went by the Eventide booth today and I had a lot of fun shooting a video with Ken Sluter, who came over and I'm Colin Bevan and Tom. Longabauer, if I'm, I think, I hope I'm saying your name right, uh, your last name right, Tom. But we we did a, a demonstration of a very cool technique that Ken had conceived of using the Ultra Reverb plugin from Evitide to uh, create a ducking effect. So you can have a vocal and the, 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 the delay and the reverb goes out of the way while the vocal's singing, and then it swells up beautifully in the in-between moments. So like, really cool for pop production pop vocals um a really great effect i think if you were doing edm mixing and you wanted to create you know have a kick drum swell things up and do stuff like that in between Mm -hmm. the notes um 
And that was that was a lot of fun. That wasn't a brand new plugin, but it was just a cool technique. That was we it like a sidechain type thing? Yeah, it was using a sidechain, but it's all built into the plugin. Oh. So it was sort of a clever use of having the drive vocal come in and spin off and sidechain the compressor that's built into this plugin to compress the effect at the same time. Um, but then Eventide has f- come out with a software version of their Phaser Mark II, the, the classic phaser rack mount oh the beautiful thing with like the crazy delta triangle glowing green lights and big fat knob in the middle and all that interesting um and that thing sounds amazing i've used it in the studio on records in the past so i'm really excited to check out that you know the new plugin in the studio and hear how it sounds oh very cool i was uh, i went over to the amphion booth and met uh, i think his name is anzi the creator the owner of amphian speakers and which you know i use amphian speakers and uh drool, those, drool over all the other speakers in their line that's that's the speaker with a gorgeous white cone big right like yeah 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 a full moon right the full moon sure that was that was very <laughs> that was nice that was very, the first very image that came to mind uh chris you see anything cool uh sound theory that's the company a uh, deep they have a plugin called Golf or something like that. I don't know if I pronounced it right, but it's a intelligent digital EQ. Hmm. It's a plugin. It analyzes the, uh, you know, the especially the master bus. Oh, what's the name of the company? Uh, Sound Theory. Sound Theory. I believe. Sound Theory. Yeah. Oh, Sound Theory. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, the the, the plugin is called Golfus. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing it right. All right. So, so how sure. does it Anyways. function? So it's sort of like it, it chooses EQ for you or something? Or it kind of saying? analyzes um, your source, and there's an algorithm going on, mm-hmm. which um, actually it, it's like it, it's not like a fixed EQ. It mo- it moves depending on uh, the wave you have. Did so you want a beer? No, oh. I'm we- done with beer for <laughs> no. the night. <laughs> 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 will it take my will will that plugin take my voice and make it sound as good as your voice does? Because that'd be cool, man. That would be cool. I you know, I I could work a preset for them. Oh, I like okay? it. Okay. So you can have a nice sounding voice. You call gonna... <laughs> call it the Seliminator. <laughs> the Seliminator. Yeah. You're so gonna... um they reached out maybe a couple of months ago. Um they only had back then the uh, Mac version. Now they're gonna come up with a PC version of the plugin. Uh, maybe in next month or so. So we'll see. Right, because yeah. you're a PC user. Yeah. I'm a PC. I use both. You know, I have a Mac too, but I, uh, for, for music, I mainly use PC. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. It looks like a very cool plugin. Um, then I think there's a new version of the iLoud speakers from IK Multimedia that is going to come out in the second quarter of this year, hmm. uh, which are bigger. Um, and you know, I'm pretty curious. You know, those are like affordable speakers if you want to use them as a second in mm-hmm. my opinion as a second set of speakers just to check out your final mixes mm-hmm. um yeah i think that could be pretty cool but apart from that i don't know it's not like i'm not blown away yeah with what's out there this year well you know uh, we were uh hanging over uh by the pmc speaker booth drinking whiskey and tequila with strong you know, whiskey yeah, that almost blew me away oh did it yeah, it was good stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Saw a lot of cool people there, too. Yeah, it got a little loud there with the little uh, Atmos booth thing with the door open. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I think you were there, Lidge. We were talking with uh, Vance 
pal yeah. and uh, Tony Maserati, and uh, we were talking about how there's really not a whole lot of innovation in terms of like brand new, mm. like groundbreaking. Exactly. Pro- it's like a bunch of people introducing microphones, yeah. Same compressors, EQs, plugins that all kind of do shit that we already all have and do. Although we did talk about the Flock Audio. Um, have you seen this? The Flock Audio no. um, patch bay? It's like an automatic. No. Really? Get the Flock out of here. Get what the is it? Flock out of here. Right. Uh, I'll go check it out tomorrow. No, it's a... Uh, if I don't, Like a digital heard? patch bay? Yeah, except like you just you, you plug a bunch of... I think it's like a bunch of D-subs that you plug in. And then you can switch everything with... I think there's an iPad app and also <laughs> your cool. computer... That's you know, it. That, and it's like a single rack space thing. I think they're a Canadian company, actually. And I look at you, Chris, because you're Canadian. I am? Oh, <laughs> did that, did, <laughs> That's news did, to me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're not just Canadian. You're French-Canadian. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. There you have it. <laughs> sorry, man. I think that could be useful. I mean, you know, <laughs> being French-Canadian. <laughs> yeah, take off, eh? <laughs> Anyhow, so, uh, yeah, the flock audio thing, you know, that's... Well, let's talk about that for just a sec. So, like, what would be a use case? So, well, I don't want to go. Oh, I can think of two. One is I'm too lazy to reach over to the patch bay and patch something with a cable. And two is patch cables and patch bays that are made with analog connections. They get old and crusty, and they don't always work. And, and those patch cables out. are like way too expensive. The, those Mogami patch cables, not the cheap ass ones that no, I they, use that don't work very well. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Who wants to wire a patch bay? So, what about well, this digital patch bay then? Well, How much is it? I don't know. Okay. Uh, you got your phone? I do. Well, let's look it up. I just found it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just it, enough. It's behind me. I don't, I don't know how much it is, but it's, uh, it's kind of cool just because, you know, you get to plug all your shit in and you don't have to have any patch cables. And it's good for recall, you know, for mastering engineers or even for mixing engineers or, you know, and you can store setups. Mm-hmm. So you can have a bunch of uh, gear hooked up to your DAW, you know, and have, you know, like my mixing setup, my mastering setup, whatever, my tracking acoustic guitar setup, I don't know. Do you think that there's a chance that like the average user would end up just like leaving everything normal anyway? I don't know who the average user really is. I mean, it's a good good question. There's a lot of average users doing. This is going to be on YouTube, right? Yeah. yeah. You have Sorry. a name of the product. All right. All right. So if you're listening, drop a comment in. Are you an average user? Would you use a digital patch bay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to share and to like. Oh, that's there you go. Yes, okay. Chris, and subscribe, by the way. That's because okay. I know it's because Chris is a YouTube pro. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I only have 1,500 subscribers and he's got like, <laughs> you know, 1,600, 20,000 oh, subscribers. And if by any chance you're new here on this channel, subscribe. Click that notification bell so you don't miss anything. To see, he does that. I don't even what know to that? do that. Yeah. And don't forget to <laughs> smash the like button. Right. <laughs> That's even better. Man. Like, I don't know where the hell that. Don't forget that to troll us. Terminology came from. How uh, did you find it? No. F L O C K, flock audio. Um, so what else did we see out there in the big bad world of Nam? Um, oh, I talked to. Uh, I talked to the to the uh, Soyuz microphone oh, folks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you were telling the cool story about what what makes them, you know, sort of special as a microphone company and all right. that. Right. Well, because I don't, I, I can't remember the name of the town. It's a town in Russia, 
and it's a town known for its manufacturing. And I think traditionally they've manufactured weapons. And uh, every it's like, you know, the kind of, you know, your dad's dad's dad, you know, all worked in the factory and it's, it's a generational thing. And, yeah. you know, they can, they make all the parts of their microphones apparently. Um, That's pretty cool. It is really cool. And they can be a little more nimble that way. They can, you know, if they get a customer who really has to have some, you know, like a, a version of a microphone in blue, they can do that. They can do that. Yeah. Without a lot of, you know, hassle. Well, well, maybe not in a lot of hassle, but not as much lead time as, say, a traditional company that would outsource their mics to right. Asia. And that'd be like the most common thing ever, right? This, yeah. I imagine. I, I don't know. I don't know. Different different colors, I would assume. Uh, I think you'd have very few people asking for different microphone voicings. Right. Of course, when to see my friends over at uh, the AEA booth, they, of course, sponsor the show. And uh, they've got their KU5A, which I've talked about on my show. So, which is a super cool mic. Um, whenever they uh, Audio Technica, and of course, saw you know all the stuff that we're talking on here, plus you know, they have just a huge range of headphones and microphones for all occasions. Yeah, um, where else did I go? Yeah, you know, I went to all the sponsors, you know, Universal Audio, and ran into uh, my buddy Daniel Halter from the License Lab that uh, you know, I get. You know, the music that plays underneath my uh, monologues comes yeah, from cool, them. cool. I didn't see, like, you know, like I said, I didn't see anything that made me, you know, made my jaw drop. I see a lot of stuff and I'm like, oh, that's cool, you know. Well, you know, something that was new for me was going by um, Cloud. <clears throat> oh, yeah, Cloud. Seeing, I had never seen the Cloud ribbon mics until yeah. it does that. With the, um, the uh, um, Cloud Lifter, uh, oh shoot! I'm forgetting the the model names, but we have the uh, the CL1 is the little cloud lifter box, and then the bigger one that that has variable impedance on it and all that stuff. And I was just you know putting my voice on the on the ribbon mic, and and messing around with the knobs, and it was cool as shit, man. It was like you could dial in a cool thing, and you know you just get it to where you like the sound of your voice in your headphones. And as somebody who's recording myself in the studio at times, not all the time, but Sometimes um, the ability to easily sort of dial in how you sound and how you hear yourself back is such a cool thing. Yeah. Which is not always easy it, to do. They have a thing that changes the impedance of the mic. Yeah, too, they got right? a big fat knob in the middle and you, and you roll it, you know, oh, yeah. clockwise, counterclockwise, and it, and it changes the impedance. And then there was also a low cut and that low cut would follow the impedance knob while you're changing it. And then there was like low, mid, high gain settings too. So I was just sort of flipping around with all of them until I liked the sound of it. Well, no, I, I didn't get a price yet for the uh, digital God patch bay. damn it, Chris, hurry up. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I did go by the OWC Otherworld Computing booth. Oh, yeah. So I had those guys. So they're actually a sponsor on Recording Studio Rockstars. Too. Oh, right. And um, they are making you know stuff that we need for our computers, for our studio. So their focus is uh, is really geared towards the Macintosh user. They are here because they want to really connect with the studio mm -hmm. user. And, uh, and one of the cool things about what they do is that, you know, a lot of us with studios might have an old Mac, right? We might, you know, something that we put together, we've sunk a lot of love effort and, and money into building a studio that works for us. And then as time progresses, you know, you get it, somebody tells you, you need the newest, latest, greatest. And you're like, man, I just got this thing working. 
but I just wanted to kind of keep up with the Joneses and speed up. And so they're, you know, their, their mission is helping you do things like upgrade your memory and your, your hard drive and your uh, processing speed and, you know, add more connectivity so you can connect all the stuff you need. You need to do that on your 2012 MacBook Pro you brought with you. I know, I know that, it, I know it. You need, that thing needs a little love. Well, it's got a Thunderbolt output and I've got the Thunder Bay, which is this, you know, you can plug that in and you you can hook up a bazillion USB connections and more Thunderbolt ports and you SD card it? inputs and all kinds of cool so stuff. How so. much is the Are you done? You're done? I'm done now, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. If you need me to be. <laughs> They're not. They're not only a sponsor. He works for them. Looks like it. <laughs> no, but no. Was, those guys make great shit. They just do cool they stuff do. and yeah. it's fun. And everything is, you know. How much is the Flock Audio thing? Um, I see something around sixteen hundred. Okay. Well, you know, a good patch bay is you know like uh, five hundred to a thousand bucks. Yeah. And then you gotta like buy all the cable. All the cables. And, and you stuff. gotta yeah. spend five hundred bucks hiring somebody to just wire it up. Of course up for you get. Yeah. And well, you gotta buy cable for that for the flock audio thing mm. but you don't get all those exactly pre-configured you know pre those presets and all that stuff it's a cool thing i don't have that much gear to justify that but for someone that does i think that's a pretty cool thing yeah i definitely i definitely got a lot of gear in my studio i have 10 patch bays believe it or not do you have 10, one 96 you're not, patch bays. you have one you're not using uh i'm probably not using most of them yeah okay I'm dying to come to Nashville free to and do a studio makeover for you. Let's do it, man. Feel free Let's to donate, though. Yeah, right, I'm looking I'll, for a patch bang, by the way. Uh, you won't want these ones. Yeah, <laughs> but have you seen the Marie Kondo show on Netflix? No. What's yeah, that it's all the, the Japanese woman that comes to American households and helps people get rid of all their excess crap. Hmm. It'd hmm. be like, I'd I'd be the Marie Kondo to your studio. Does she speak English or is she just like <laughs> she yelling at me in Japanese, telling me to get rid of my stuff? No, she's she speaks. Man, some you have English. a lot of shit, man. You I do, do have a lot true, of shit. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, man. It's taking me a long time to collect all that stuff. Yeah, I bet we could uh, eliminate like half your stuff, and then you could rent out part of your studio as an Airbnb. Now, oh. just just to make it easier for you, you might want to like strap me down to something before you actually eliminate half my stuff. Oh no, we just send you and your daughter like on a cruise. Oh, that'll work. <laughs> That'll work. And, and I come back and everything's just magically better. Oh, you'd hate it. <laughs> you didn't like it when I moved your uh, GoPro batteries into the bathroom the other day. You're like, hey guys, so the thing with me is, is I got to have all my shit right here. And I was like, oh, okay, let's get those batteries right back there. <laughs> Bring those batteries back, man. <laughs> all right, finish your beers. And I got to get some sleep because oh, we're, we're going to get up at the crack of dawn and go join Andrew Sheps and Chad Blake for a breakfast at 7 a.m. I think technically we're getting up before the crack of dawn. Yeah. Technically. Technically. Yeah. Well, so be it. I haven't seen the crack of dawn, but I've heard that we're getting up before. <laughs> well, tomorrow's your chance. You'll see the crack of dawn sure in person. As, I sure hope it's as good as they say it is. Oh, yes. It's fantastic. I'm sure it is. All right. Well, let's go. I got to go to sleep. Same you, here. You go to sleep too. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good, good night, night. Boudreaux Vance Powell, Alex Awana, Chris Salim, and Lid Shaw all here on the Working Class Audio Podcast for a NAM smorgasbord. Great to be at NAM. Great that uh, I could run into all these people and get all this information to you. I know it's not the traditional NAM wrap up that others do about, you know, talking about tons of gear and stuff, but it's what it is. It's the Working Class Audio way. So thanks for tuning in. 
Our friends over at Cali Audio have just introduced the brand new LP UNF system, which is meant to give you everything you need from a studio monitor in a package that you can basically set up anywhere. And the system is specifically designed for your desk. So no matter how else you're using your desk, reflections from the drivers to the desk to your ears are accounted for giving you a perfectly clear picture of your mix that you can rely on to translate well. Whether you're putting them on stands behind your desk, on a desk away from walls, on a desk against a wall, on a desk on speaker stands away from the walls, there's a number of configurations and they have settings on the back to accommodate all of that and more. And if price is a concern, never fear. They're priced at $299. That's right, pretty affordable. Head on over to caliaudio.com and check out the new LP UNF. There it is. We're done for the day. So uh, we want to thank, of course, our friend, Mr. Cliff Truesdale for the music and Chuck Smith for the voice. And I want to thank you all. Thanks for tuning in week after week after week. Tell all your friends and come to NAM next year or come to NAM in the summertime at Nashville. Yeah, please do. And until next time, take care. Hey, I know many of you are aware of this, but for those of you that aren't aware, Working Class Audio sponsors the forum over at gearspace.com called Audio Life. And quite simply put, it's a place where audio professionals can go to talk with other audio professionals about things other than audio gear, including life hacks, work-life balance, health and hearing loss. You know, if you want to talk with other audio professionals who can identify with what your lifestyle is like, and how it relates to things going on in the world outside of audio, this is a great place to go and check out. So head on over to gearspace.com, check out Audio Life, many of the same topics that we discuss here on the show on gearspace.com. So check that out.